This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show. So I went back to 1991, guys. How many times out of those 31 years do you think the Mets actually took a season series from the Atlanta Braves? You know what the answer is? Six. That's pathetic. And you know what? It's not like the Braves have been a dynasty for all 31 of those years. Like, the Braves actually had some lean years, but they reloaded in a hurry. See, that's the difference between the Braves and, like, everybody else. Even when they do kind of retool, they only stay bad for a couple of seasons, and then, boom, they're right back in the playoffs. And then, boom, they're right back in the World Series. And it just goes to show you that you don't need, and this is how I bring it back to the Mets, you don't need the richest owner in the sport. You don't need $400 million payroll to build an organization. Money's nice. Doesn't cure all your problems. I have a question about the Mets in particular. Was last year a fluke? Yeah, because it's not like the Mets were reeling off pennants before last season rolled around. So maybe last year was the fluke because now they've reverted back to their old non-impressive ways. And maybe that's the reality that we should be dealing with here for a bit. This is the Dan Grosser Show. I said I wasn't going to get angry, and I'm not. I'm just trying to illustrate just how bad this is. On 98.7 ESPN. That was an impactful first hour. Very profound. An important hour. You know, you talk about the development of Western civilization. That hour is going to be right up there with all the significant things that have got us to this point, and hopefully for future generations as well. Grasa Show. 98.7 98.7 ESPN. We're taking it right up until 10 o'clock. PJ Carlissimo is going to join us at 9.15 ESPN Zone. Talking the NBA Finals as the Nuggets go up two games to one after a very, very impressive performance last night over the Miami Heat. Remember, you can get us on Twitter at Dan Gross at GRACA. But the Mets have a 5-3 lead here on the Braves as the bats came to life in that second inning. Still a lot of baseball to play. A lot of baseball to play. And See if the Mets can actually protect a lead tonight. Verlander's already over 40 pitches through two winnings, so I don't know how much longer he's going to be for this game. Probably not going to give them the, you know, seven innings that probably Buck Showalter would have wanted him to be able to provide. Uh, Certainly the way the bullpen stands right now and just how much faith or lack thereof that you have from guys in that bullpen. Yankees scoreless in the third against the White Sox. The nightcap of the double dip. They dropped the opener, falling a run short. Six to five was the final in that one. And Luis Severino had a rough day at the office again. Uh, Gave up three home runs. Not what you want to see. And after the game, Severino talked about, well, the fastball just wasn't good enough. Yeah, 100%. I was just not getting into the spot. You know, a lot of fastball down and away was getting up, and they were taking advantage of that. And what do you attribute the struggles to with that fastball? I'm not 100% sure uh, what's going on, but, you know, the bottom line is that I need to fix it. You know, uh, this is it's, it's, uh, it's unacceptable. You know, I can't go out there and give up you know, three homers every time I, I get the ball. So I need to fix it quick. All right, here's the bottom line with the Yankees in the starting rotation, okay? Carlos Rodon is no closer to getting back out on that mound. We don't know when we're going to see him. Well, you know what we should do? We should take a poll tonight. What do you think, guys? Let's do a, a, a poll. Who actually plays in a Yankee game first, Aaron Judge or Carlos Rodon? What do you think? That could be our kind of like poll to the people tonight. Who do we see in a real-life, meaningful Yankee game with the uniform, the stirrups, the spikes, the whole nine yards, and a game that counts? Rodon or Judge. But point being, this rotation is in tatters right now. You know, Nestor's on the I.L. Anytime you hear shoulder, that's no bueno. 
You need the guys that are available and supposedly healthy for you to do what they're supposed to do. Severino was an all-star once upon a time. The guy was a Cy Young finalist once upon a time. They need somebody at least that sort of resembles that. You know, he doesn't need to be, you know, a, a, a number one dominant pitcher, but you got to give a professional effort. You know, giving up three home runs to a team that's not that good, putting your team behind the eight ball, you need more than that, especially while you're shorthanded. Next man up, pick up the slack, all those things. Yanks aren't doing that as a whole right now, at least from this rotation. And, oh, by the way, if Aaron Judge is going to be out of the lineup, the pitching staff is going to be called upon even more so, even more so, to limit what these teams are doing offensively. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Robbie in Mass. He's up next here on 98.7. Hello, Rob. How are you? Dan, <laughs> it's a fantastic show, man. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> you said about Verlander and Scherzer coming to New York at the Hall of Fame is real close. The Hall of Fame is only two hours from me, you know. Yeah, it was, so, it's a stop off. Gorgeous. That's all. Yeah, it's absolutely. like it's City Field. <laughs> City Field great, is man. like a rest stop. It's the re- yeah, it's absolutely. the Steve Cohen rest stop on the way to the Hall of Fame. Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's you know it's amazing how ridiculous. I want to talk about baseball IQ for a second. I want to talk about the Yankee game, but a frustrating game. It's amazing how the guys that are supposed to hit today don't hit right, and the guys that aren't supposed to hit contribute right. First of all. Glaber Torres, you know, man, the guy's walking. Well, he walked two guys in the ninth inning. Glaber's up there swinging at the first. But look, he almost hit a home run. But the bottom line is this pitch he swung and popped up on it. An inside pitch, trying to kill the ball. In that situation, you got to put the ball in play and try to get it to the right side. Again, baseball IQ. Last night, this is what kills me about the Mets, right? Here's Daniel Vogelbach. He shouldn't even be on this team, right? He looks like Roseberger from, from uh, what's I'm thinking of the Stir Crazy movie, okay? Or Engelberg <laughs> from the Bad News Bears, right? So here's, <laughs> you should wear his shirt open, okay? I mean, we're a little sizes too, maybe too large uh, or too small. But anyway, so here's the situation. Marte's on first base, and, I, and you hear Gary Cohen go, uh, situation where he could steal base right now. So what does Vogelbach do? Swings and browns the ball into a double play. It's like, why wasn't Marte allowed to try to steal a base in that situation? I don't understand. Nobody seems to understand how to hit in front of somebody and hit behind somebody. I mean, the Roos, I mean, there is a double play today. I mean, that just kills you at the end. I mean, and by the way, if they're going to lose replay, Dan, okay, all right, Tim Anderson is off the bag. You're going to use the replay. All right, like, use it then. What was the, I mean, you can see clearly that the guy is not on the bag when he catches the ball. The Yankees should have gotten another batter. It's, come you, up in that situation, it's so right? it's it's funny you say that, Robbie. And thanks for the yeah, phone call, yeah. buddy. You, you know it's so funny about that. And and for folks that didn't watch the final play of the Yankee game, where they hit into a, a game-ending double play in Game One, Aaron Boone came out and challenged it because it looked like on the transfer play at second base, Tim Anderson, the shortstop. I mean, we were watching it. It was right before the show started. It was a bang bang play. You know, when you just didn't know if Tim Anderson had the ball in the glove while the foot was still on the bag. I mean, it was like splitting hairs. You know, and, and I look, I understand replaying technology. It's all great. My problem with replay is that I think that what it was intended for more often than not is not the way that it's applied. Like, it drives me crazy when teams challenge, you know, a guy who's sliding into the bag and in a split second when they were completing their slide and obviously had no control of their entire body unless they're the Matrix, 
you know, there was a, 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 a fraction of a hair that was off of the base entirely, and because the tag was applied to him, he was called out. That is not what the spirit of replay is supposed to be about. Today, though, at the end of the Yankee game, it's valid because it's the last play. It's the final out of the game, right? So Yanks should have challenged it, and look, it didn't go their way. I, I was kind of surprised because I actually thought the Yanks might have gotten a break on that one. Um, here's Aaron Boone. Guys, we have that, right? Here's Aaron Boone uh, from after the first game on challenging that final play. That's what I was hoping for. I saw in real time, I knew it was close. So I knew I probably wanted to challenge it right away. And obviously being the end of the game, you know, usually when your eyes tell you he might be off, usually they hold it because that ball kind of catapults you. That said, cost stood. So obviously wasn't something concrete over there. Look, I mean, you might as well use it. It's the end of the game. I mean, think about if Boone didn't challenge that. We would have probably got call after call after call after call about why Aaron Boone didn't challenge that last play. It would have been like Joe Mazzula with the Celtics, like taking his timeouts with him to the beach for the summer, like not calling the timeouts at the end of the game, right? You, you got nothing to lose. Challenge the play. They're, so, they're, they're showing the Braves TV booth right now for you know their local broadcast tonight, and it's all former Braves players. Jeff Francoeur, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin and Chipper Jones, guys who, you know, at, at, took turns just absolutely mutilating the Mets throughout their respective careers with the Braves. And even Tom Glavin, when he put on the Met uniform, mutilated the Mets in that season finale in 2007 against the Marlins. But that's neither here nor there. I'd feel better if you took those guys out of the booth right now. They all have gray hair. They're past their prime. Put a uniform on them. I'd have more faith that they'd actually be able to get the job done than the guys wearing the Met uniforms tonight. Let's say hi to uh, Tommy in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7. Tommy, how are you? How you doing, my friend? Tom, you know what? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? You staying inside? You staying uh, out of this air? Well, I'm trying to because, you know, I have a little lung cancer and stuff. But anyway, uh, can I ask you something? We're here. What? Why cannot Sergio finish the job last night? That's one of my questions. I loved your rant today about the mess, and I, I don't even have any more to say about it. You pretty much cleared it up. You are awesome, and you make me laugh, too. Yeah. Well, that's what we try to do. I, try to be awesome. We try to make you laugh, and if we could combine those are, two things, then we, then, then we gave you, you an honest day's yeah. work. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, why couldn't he finish the game last night, Tom? Well, simple answer is because he started throwing batting practice to the Atlanta Braves, and they were on to his breaking stuff, and it really didn't prove to be much of a challenge. That's why he couldn't finish the game. Well, that's obvious, but what are we going to do about that? But you hope for better in five days. You know what I mean? You throw a coin in the fountain, and you hope for uh, a better tomorrow. That's all you can do. Well, that's like a fairyland tale, you know what I mean? Isn't it? Isn't it? Right? When you have a $400 million payroll, it's kind of like that's, fairyland anyways? That, that's my point. And uh, is Buck making a lineup vote or somebody else? I, I, I think it's collaborative. You know why? Because that's the way it is in baseball now. They get the computers. They got the data nerds, the analytics geeks. Everybody gives their input, and then they put the spreadsheet out, and they lay it on his desk, and that's how they make the lineup. Thanks for the phone call, Tom. Appreciate it, as always. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Lonnie and Harlem. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Lonnie, good evening, sir. How are things? Good evening, Dan, the man, Joe. I'm assuming Harvey's in there with you tonight, right? Oh, of course, Harvey's there, sure. He's the straw that stirs the drink. Um, no, he's the cup 
that hostage rank. Ah, re- reusable too. Don't forget. Um, shout out, shout out to the company, of course. BWD, what's up? And Anthony just called in, Mister. Uh, it's Miss. It's Miss. Mister. It's not you. It's me. Now, Dan, yes. uh, Dan, you. I swear, man, you kill me every time the Mets do bad and you start your show. I, I literally find myself in tears because you, you are just too much. When you did the whole Japan and Billy Epler thing and the the signs, <laughs> I swear, man. And then the whole the drop that Joe Leo keeps playing right now is too much. But listen, like I always tell you, you run a great program. The show is hilarious, especially. I, unfortunately, I know you, you don't lose your sleep because you just told Anthony this. But when the, when the Mets do bad and you start this show, man, it is literally too much. But I called in to talk about the Yanks. Yeah. Unfortunately, we lost again today. So now we're down. Basically, we need to win this game to at least not get swept in the series. And I, I'm a, and I'm assuming when I was on when I was talking to Joe and he was screening the call, which he might have to start doing a little bit better now. Because when I was talking to him, he had to get off the phone with me. And then I heard why he had to get off the phone. Because a guy said that he wished that the Yankees didn't re-sign Aaron Judge. Oh, sure. Like, I need I need to find out what drug he's on. Because that made absolutely no sense. Does he not realize that Judge carried the team last year? If not for Judge, I don't believe, I believe the Yankees would not have had, have not made it to the playoffs. Like, and then, for instance, this year, like, does he not realize how much he carried the Yankees when right. he came back? Like, I mean, like, it's it's calls like that that baffle me. Like, and I called in about something else, but once I heard that, I was like, what? And I was like, and like you said, he he no, he graduated from preschool to college with that tape. I mean, come on. That's that. That's you know what it is. That's a byproduct of the dangerous air quality over the last couple of days. He probably spent a little bit too much time outside. It started to affect his judgment and his way of thinking. And then you come on the radio and you give a take like the Yankees are better off without Aaron Judge. We 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 gonna have to start calling him Arnold Schwarzenegger and Total Recall if that's the case. Because saying stuff like that makes absolutely no sense. Like, does he really not realize? And, and, and okay, we don't sign Aaron Judge. The Yankees don't sign Aaron Judge. Who are they gonna sign? Who are we bringing in that's going to bring that? that, that that's there the is power no substitute for Aaron Judge. There's no exactly. equal. There's no equal. Exactly. So what is this man talking about? I, I mean, like I, I said, know, Lonnie, I, I those are like things that, you just you can't forecast, my friend. You can't forecast them. What can you do? It's really sad. But like, I, I just hope like. And I, so what I was really calling in about is that I just hope that the Yankees actually can stay afloat while Judge is out because, you know, if we lose in – I mean, if you look at the schedule right now, okay, we got one more game against the White Sox. We got your Mets. Then we got the Red Sox. And then I believe after that we got Seattle. I believe we can win majority of those games. The only real team that I would say I, I feel like they can really be a threat is Seattle because they got good hitters, they got young players, and they got decent pitching. Unfortunately, you know, sorry about your well, you know what things. it is, Lon? Lon, the problem is, and, and I got to run because I got to hit a break, but I thank you for the phone call as always. You got the Red Sox coming up this weekend. You got the Red Sox coming up next weekend, too. Remember, the Yankees are on Sunday Night Baseball the next two weeks against the Red Sox. But the Red Sox are a freaking streaky team. That's the problem. And right now they're in one of their bad ruts. And every time you want to write off the Red Sox, at least me, like they get it together and they reel off like six out of seven. And they're like, oh, they because – they're a sneaky good offensive team. 
It's the pitching that's been a little unreliable for them. Now Sale's down for the count. And before Sale got hurt, you know what? He actually was not pitching that badly. You know, not to the level that he once was, but he was actually, like, contributing. So you hope that they're not catching them at the right time, and you hope that maybe they don't see the Yankees in the other dugout and say, all right, now we're going to kick this thing into high gear again. You hope not. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. More of your calls. We'll get into the NBA from last night where the Nuggets reasserted themselves as the team to beat in this series. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Go Chargers, go. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, this is the right time. If you're going to play your best basketball, I think this is the right time to play your best basketball. Team is really important. Yes, a couple of guys maybe didn't make shots or didn't play well, but there is another guys who can step up and, and, and uh, fill that position and, and be even better. Is this the best basketball that we play? I don't know. As long as we're winning games, I think. What he does, make, he makes it look so easy. You know, he grabbed 21 boards, and everybody talking about he can't jump. And he's, you know, he's out there battling everybody. He's physically strong. 30 points. People say he doesn't want to doesn't want to score. He gives you 32. Um, and then and 10 assists. It's just he just makes the game look easy throughout the game. And like I said, it's just free throwing. His touch, his creativity, his no look passes, uh, his IQ. I could go down the line. He's he's uh, a special player, special special player. I would say so. That is the dynamic duo, the Denver Nuggets. First you heard Nikola Jokic, then Jamal Murray, his teammate. Not bad in the NBA Finals if you have a couple of guys on your squad who have 30-point triple dubs, but that's what those guys gave the Nuggets last night. Jokic, just ridiculous. 30-20-10. Murray, 30-10-10. Nuggets, convincing victory over the Miami Heat last night take a two games to one series lead and you know one of the reasons why I thought that they would win last night you know we talked about the game before we signed off Michael Malone blasted his guys after the loss in game number two right and what did he chalk it up as 
He didn't single out anything X's and O's or he didn't say in one particular area. That, no, he said effort. The effort by his guys, especially defensively, was missing in game number two. You know, when he was mic'd up, he was letting his guys have it. Talk to him about it in the locker room after the game. And then when he met with the media, he said the same thing. They just didn't compete on the defensive end. It was evident even at the start of the first quarter of that game on Sunday. Well, you know what? Message received. And I kind of thought that it would. And they went in there and got the job done last night. And if you want to put a little historical context into it, too, like what does the win mean? NBA Finals history, when there's been a 1-1 series, the winner in game number three goes on to win the title 80% of the time. 32 out of 40. So that's the leg up that the Nuggets have right now after getting that W on the road. And like I said earlier, it also helps when you have your two best players on the floor both going for triple doubles like you had with Jokic and and Murray. And we didn't have to sit here and talk about Nikola Jokic and his lack of assists like he had in game number two. Remember, he only had the four assists. And what do you draw from that? Well, if he only has four assists, then that means that his teammates – are not converting on those opportunities. And they're not scoring the basketball and making plays, and that's why Jokic is not stockpiling the assists. Well, yesterday he did, because that means others stepped up and made plays. Like Christian Brown off the bench, the former Kansas Jayhawk, former national champ. How about if you had Christian Brown on your bingo card as playing a big role off the bench last night? You're a winner. It also helps when you're, plus 25 on the glass, like Denver was last night against Miami, plus 25. Yikes. And it wasn't even all that long ago when you and I were sitting here and talking about the Knicks and the Heat and just how many second-chance points and second-chance opportunities the Heat were getting against the Knicks and how the Knicks couldn't rebound. And how about all those long missed shots that would fly out almost to the free-throw line that Miami would get the rebounds and they would just continue to extend these possessions. Not last night. Didn't happen last night. And after the game was over, I, I, I tweeted this out because we've known each other for a little bit, right? You know that when it comes to the present-day version of the NBA, I'm not a fan of the fact that it's so reliant on the three-point shot. I I, I detest it, as a matter of fact. Hate it. Loathe it. It's refreshing to me that you have a team like Denver, who is now two wins away from a championship in 2023, and they are not reliant on the three-point shot. It's tremendous to me. The two games that the Nuggets have won in this series, do you realize they've shot collectively 28% from three? That's terrible, but yet they win. You know why? Because to me, it's just as successful, if not more, if you get looks at really good twos, like points in the paint, and you make those instead of just chucking up threes that you're going to miss. And the Nuggets perfect that strategy, and it works for them. You know, and when you're talking about Miami... Bam was good again last night. You know, Bam's had a really good series. He really has. You know, to me, Bam Adebayo has been the Heat best player in this series, not Jimmy. And I thought going into the series that Bam would have to be their most important player, right? More because what he's asked to do against Nikola Jokic on both ends of the floor. And he's stayed out of foul trouble. He's contributed, right? He's put up his numbers. He's done the whole nine yards, but they're still in a 2-1 hole. And Jimmy wasn't awful last night. You know, he was pretty good. But the problem is, is that nobody else chipped in. Right? Those complimentary players. Max Struess, he was bad last night. He was one for seven. 
right? Duncan Robinson, he didn't really do much last night. He made those couple of threes like in the final minute of the game when essentially it was over. But think about it. He only made one shot up until the very end. That's not getting it done. You know, Caleb Martin, I think, hit double, di- double digits last night. But where's Caleb Martin been? Caleb Martin was a guy who we thought could have been the MVP of the Celtics series, if not Jimmy Butler. Where has Caleb Martin been in this series? They're going to need him if they want to somehow win three of the next four games, depending on how confident you are that that's even going to happen or not. But game four, again, is a must-win game. A must-win game for the Miami Heat because there is no way on God's green earth that they're winning three straight games, including two of them in Denver, if they fall behind three games to one. Now, tomorrow, this is the only time in the whole series where there's only a game, or excuse me, where there's only a day between games. No two days off tomorrow, we're right back at it. So in a way, I wonder if it serves as a little bit of an advantage for the team That has the leg up right now in Denver because if you're Miami, you're going to try to make some changes. You're going to see what you can do X's and O's wise to counter what the Nuggets threw your way last night. And if that's the case, you don't have as much time to prepare. So I'll be curious to see what type of a role the schedule has to play in this game tomorrow night when they're back out there. Tyler Hero's already been ruled out, by the way, for game four. Not playing tomorrow. So this this idea and this thought about Tyler Hero maybe making an impact for the Miami Heat in the series. Well, it hasn't happened yet, and it may not happen at all, right? We're already four games into the series, and we haven't seen him. It'll be a hell of a dramatic entry if, you know, we get to game six somehow, and then Tyler Hero makes his appearance, you know, for the first time in months. So I wouldn't exactly buy stock in that one. But, but, but what more can you say about Nikola Jokic? Like, really, like, that hasn't been said already. He is such a special player. I mean, we're, we're, we're lucky to be watching this guy. And I know that he's not some national star, you know. I know that he's not in commercials like a lot of the other NBA players are. And we're talking about a two-time MVP. Plays the entire second half. You know, people are saying that, oh, I think it was Dan Levitard who said, like, well, you know, he'd be a bigger star if he, wasn't, if he was American. Well, not necessarily. Last time I checked, Giannis wasn't an American native. Giannis is a huge star. Giannis is a two-time MVP. Giannis is in more commercials than, you know, anybody on the planet, it seems like. He's a real big star. I don't think it has anything to do with his nationality. Giannis is a personality, though. Jokic really doesn't have that type of personality. At least not he wants to embrace it. You know, he's not a guy who hogs the camera and hogs the spotlight. He just, you know, goes about doing his job. But damn, he's fun to watch. And he's a hell of a player. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. When we come back, we'll take your calls. And somebody's got to explain to me why some members of the media, or one in particular, I should say, has it out so badly for the Jets and wants to almost talk it into existence that they're going to be bad this year. Somebody explain that. We'll try to get some answers. Grasso Show, till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. PJ Carlissimo is going to join us at about 9.15. Talk a little NBA Finals. Remember, you'll hear game four of the finals coming up tomorrow at 8.30 right here as we have a 90-minute show for you. 90 minutes better than nothing. Like I say, half the time, twice the fun. That's what happens when we get preempted with a basketball game here. And it's happened on occasion, but, you know, we're not complaining. Uh, 6-5 Mets. That's right. 6-5, to five, and it's only three innings in in Atlanta. This is like one of those old vintage Yankees-Red Sox games. You know, not even the pitch clock on steroids could save this game right now. But that's where we are. Justin Verlander, by all accounts, I'm surprised he was able to minimize the damage in that third inning because he had bases loaded, two outs, and Ronald Acuna at the plate, and he gave him, like, nothing to hit. He walked him on four straight pitches, walked in a run at 6-5, and then Matt Olson came up and somehow, some way, got Matt Olson swinging to get out of there with a lead. So, still got a lead. A lot of baseball still to play. Verlander, by the way, is at 82 pitches. Buck, I'm sure, would love to be able to stretch him out to at least five because what are you going to do, pitch some, you know, Steven Nagosik or one of the other yo-yos that they have in that bullpen? You know, that is not ideal. So six more innings to play. Lord knows what can happen the rest of the way. Yanks, by the way, have a 2 nothing lead over the White Sox in the fifth inning. Glaber Torres connecting on one to left center field off of Mike Clevenger. So the Yanks leading, the Mets leading, what could be better? Boy, Big Apple baseball. It is a powerhouse, is it not? Let us say hi to Jose in Brooklyn. He is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Hello, Jose. How are you? Good afternoon, Mr. Graza. I can see that you're definitely enjoying the baseball games this evening. Oh, <laughs> regardless. We always enjoy it, Jose. Oh, man, I was just calling in because I, I, I was definitely watching the earlier game. And as a Yankee fan, I'm just, it's hard for me to try to enjoy the ride when I just feel like it, it, they're, they're just not doing anything to actually improve the situation or even when they had chances to improve the situation they did. Like me and um, Jolia were just talking about um, when they had the chance to go after jerks and profile a couple of times, and they just decided, that they just said, oh, no, it's okay. And it, it, it's just, you know, very annoying at this point. And I, 
the way the team is constructed now, these losses just reiterate the point that they're just not going to be ready for a prime time when they face, when they face this team and everyone's going to give Boone the excuse, all the excuses in the world. Cashman's going to get a pass because, you know, the Steinbrenners pretty much look at him as, you know, Uncle Cashman. And we just, you know, Uncle have Cashman. To, I like that. <laughs> we just have to, you know. He's somebody's uncle. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And also, and uh, and also, yeah, I do got a dump on that caller who said we should have decided Aaron Judge. I I, when I heard that, I was just like, wow, wow, man. I'm like that. That takes tremendous guts to call in a radio show. Yeah, (laughs) and to put your name on it too, right? (laughs) Oh, of course, too. That 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 too. So I wanted to thank you for letting me riff, and this is kind of you know my whole thing with the Yankees right now and it's just it's just very sad because Boone was brought here to be the guy to get us to that championship doesn't look like it's gonna happen Cashman kind of forgot how to be a GM all of a sudden and decided to put a self-imposed checkbook and the Steinburners are just you know they're, they're, they're totally the opposite of the bus family. I'm just not even gonna get into that. <laughs> well you know what it is Jose and thanks for the call as always. Um First off, for the Yankees, before you forecast like gloom and doom and what could happen, what might not, they got to get healthy, right? They got to get healthy more than anything else. And Billy McKinney goes deep for the Bombers. It's three nothing. Billy McKinney, who's jumped around, actually spent some time as a Met of the last couple of years. He was a Met, he's a Dodger. I mean, he was all over the place. And now he's a Yankee, and he hits a home. I'm telling you. I, I was joking about this earlier. The air and the air quality over the last couple of days, it did something freaky. It turned Yankee Stadium into Coors Field. There were all these home runs and these double headers. Like, what the hell is happening? Speaking of Coors Field, by the way, because Jose brought up uh, Profar, you know I was touting Profar during the offseason that that was the guy the Yankees should go get when they had that hole in left field. Here's the problem about Profar, because he signed with Colorado. You play for the Rockies. Unfortunately, you're going to be under the microscope. Right, that if you put up good numbers, you're a byproduct of Coors Field. You know what Profar splits are this year? He's batting about a hundred points higher at home than he is on the road. He's batting below two hundred on the road. He's got an eight twenty four OPS at home, a six oh five OPS on the road. That might make the Yanks or any other team say thanks, but no thanks. Just saying. Just saying. Let us say hi to Robert in Manhattan. He is up next. Wow, ninety eight seventy SPN. Hello, Robert. How are you? Your screener actually laughed at something I said. By the way, I love your poll. Which is going to who's going to come first, Rodon or Judge? Yeah, I said I got a better poll for Dan, and I hope you'll get a chuckle out of this. Mm-hmm. Which will come first, Judge, Rodon, or the next appearance of Haley's Comet? <laughs> you like that? When you know what, guys? Can we get uh, on it right now and find out when the last appearance of Haley's Comet was? Because if once we know when the last one was, we can have a better gauge as to when the next one's going to be. Because isn't it once every twenty-five years? I don't know when years? the last one was. Was it in nineteen ten? Eighty-six? No, that can't be true. Really? Eighty-six? It's, a, it's um, every seventy-six years, you know. All right. So, better question: Since it was nineteen eighty-six, what's going to happen next, or what will happen first? Haley's Comet or the Mets winning another World Series? I don't know. Since they happened in the same year. A couple of quick things. I want to vent my spleen a little bit against Major League Baseball. By the way, anything happening in Florida and the other series that no one's talked about? 
Which oh the hockey game it's a one nothing um, Panthers believe it or not how about that Ooh. yeah yes. we got way, a series way, yeah yeah by the way who are the who are the Rays playing today uh, Dan I haven't heard who? any scores did did they win or lose or not play Tampa played this afternoon they beat the Twins four to two they beat the Twins yes all right I want to I want to I want to vent a little spleen against Major League Baseball look I mm. understand that this is all money and you got teams and they got to play each other. But, Dan, we got the mayor here telling us all, you, me, stay indoors at all costs. If you go out, you wear an F95 mask. The air is like, I had a friend yesterday who said it looked like Los Angeles East. It looked like the apocalypse. It looked like the, 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 the riders you know, the, the, the of justice are coming through the clouds. And then you've got these, how many people in Yankee Stadium? And do you think any of these uh, people, and I'm sure they're all nice fellows and gals, but do you sure. think any of them are wearing masks? I saw some going in, yeah. Really? Some, yeah. Well, I, I mean, know. it's, at, it's at everybody's own discretion, right, Robert? I mean, you do what you got to do, and you do what makes you feel comfortable. Well, I mean, or, I mean, did you do you honestly think that Major League Baseball did did do the right thing, or didn't do the right thing by not? Well, I think I think he, here's the thing. I think yesterday was a no brainer. And Robert, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate you chiming in as always. Yesterday was a no brainer. You couldn't play the games yesterday. You couldn't. Um, they canceled it in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is playing today. Although I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they bag a game in Washington today? They did. Okay, because remember, it, it's you know the the wind pattern. It's tra- it's blowing that stuff even further south. So it probably got to D.C. today pretty badly. And so the Nationals called their game against Arizona. Um, look, it, I, I mean, I'm not an expert. It looked night and day compared to yesterday and today. I mean, it, just, it seemed like a normal day today. I went outside for a few minutes. It, it certainly was a little bit more conducive than the way things were 24 hours ago. Look, you don't put – you're not putting a gun to anybody's head to go to the game. The players didn't have any objection playing. And if you're a fan, I'm sure that if you didn't go to the game, you know, maybe the Yankees would have been able to do something for you as far as a rain check or a refund or something like that if you didn't come to the game today. Although maybe I don't know. You know, they all like their money, and they all like to keep, you know, as much as they can. And I didn't see any announcements. But if there is a large outcry of fans who said, I didn't go to the game today because I didn't feel comfortable going out into these air quality conditions, well, then maybe the Yankees would have to respond. But I haven't heard any of that yet. And if I'm not mistaken, was today a single – it was a single admission doubleheader, right? Yeah, yeah, because they couldn't clear everybody out in the, in the time in between the games. So, yeah, I mean, he gave, he gave the people that wanted to go two for the price of one. You know, and when the first game started, there was nobody there because it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But as that game progressed, and now certainly you're into the middle of the next one, I mean, there's, there's a decent crowd out there. I mean, it's not crickets. While we were talking to Robert, by the way, Francisco Alvarez connected on a two-run home run. So the Mets have an 8-5 to five lead over the Atlanta Braves as they go bottom of the fourth inning. Quick timeout. We come back. We'll talk a little football. And, again, explain to me why people have it out for the Jets. Dan Gross, the show till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Verlander out of the game after three innings. We'll get word if there's anything physical. I mean, he was only at 82 pitches. You know, he had gotten out of that jam in the third, and now Steven Ngosik is on. You know, call me old-fashioned, but I would still rather have Justin Verlander 80-plus pitches into the game than Steven Ngosik, even if he's on, you know, two weeks rest. Like I said, that's just me. I could be in the minority there, but 
whatever. We'll find out. We'll get more information. A couple of Brett Beatty struggles at third base defensively now, and the Braves are in business. Two men on, nobody out against the aforementioned Mr. Nagosik. So we'll see how this game will be set on fire by the Mets here over the next half hour or so. As far as the uh, Jets are concerned, we go from Mets to Jets. Bill Barnwell is a guy I like a lot. I, I, I like the way he covers the NFL. I think he brings a, a very legitimate angle to the game. Um, you know, he, he gets technical into the X's and O's sometimes, which is fine. But I think he also makes it relatable to the layman, which I think is important whenever you, you know, are in this type of position. You got to make things relatable. But for whatever reason, remember when he did that whole offseason ranking list column for ESPN.com? And he had the Jets and the Giants as two of the teams that had the worst off-seasons. Like, it was, like, in the 20s, right? The worst off-seasons in the NFL. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And more so particularly with the Jets, you're like, well, how do you say you had a bad off-season? You, you got Aaron Rodgers, right? You got the guy who won two out of the last three MVPs. How is that one of the worst? Off- you might not think it's the best, but how is it considered one of the worst off-seasons of any team in the NFL, right? Anyway. So now somebody like Bill... He's gone down that road, right? He went on a field trip, and he came upon that hill. The Jets are going to stink hill. And he brought his, you know, picnic blanket and the picnic basket, and he laid it out, and he's got all the food set up and everything, and now he's prepared to die on that hill, as the expression goes. Right? He, he's he's going to tough it out through thick and thin. He made his point. He planted the flag right in the ground, and he is going to die on that hill. He goes on, get up. Very popular program on ESPN. And they started talking about the AFC East. And here was Bill giving his predicted order of finish for the upcoming season in the aforementioned division. Take a listen. I'm going Bills, number one. Okay. Dolphins, two. I would go Patriots, three. Hmm. And I would put the Jets. What? Even with Aaron Rodgers in last place. I don't see why this is a crazy opinion. They were in last place last year. It's not like this is that insane of a, of a thought, and I'll point this out as well. They were 7-10 and 10 last year. When they had to play the opposing team's starting quarterback, or the, their primary quarterback, I should say, they were 2-8. and eight. When they were playing the backups, when they were playing Trubisky, when they were playing the third stringers, they were 5-2. and two. This is not a team that was as close to winning a Super Bowl as I think they have put out there. Now, they'll be better with Aaron Rodgers, but I think they're just not as good of a team as we're we're sort of suggesting. Like I said, when you go out on the limb, you have to have the conviction to really just follow it through, right? If if you're going to take a stance like that, you have to believe it. And I give, I give Bill credit for doing that, right? He's a man of conviction. He's a man of principle, right? I, I, I'm not in love with the Jets for whatever reason, so now I'm going to go full bore as to they're going to be a horrible team this year. But that's special to say that they're going to finish in last. Really? I think, I, I think if the NFL decided to do one of their, like, trademark Friday news drops tomorrow, Right? Summer Friday, not a hell of a lot going on. If the NFL decides to announce at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow that there is going to be an expansion team that's going to play in the NFL this year and it's going to be stocked with players exclusively that were in the XFL and the USFL this past year, right? And they're going to play in the AFC East as a fifth team. 
By Monday morning, Bill would have a new column out with a new predicted order of finishing the AFC East, and he would have the expansion team finishing ahead of the Jets. Because, again, he's gone down that road. You have to continue to see it through. So, like I said, I admire Bill for that. So I give my homies in the morning a lot of credit, Rick and Dave. They had Bill on because, you know, they wanted to call his bluff and see, Bill, what's going on? You know, are things okay at home? Are you getting enough sleep? Have you made any changes to your diet? Like, like what's going on as to, as to where all this venom and animosity is coming from? So here's Bill on DNR explaining why he thinks the Jets could finish last. It's not like they're going to be a terrible football team. They're not like they're going to win three games or something. But this is a very tough division. I think everyone agrees the AFC East is a division where, you know, there's four good football teams, four teams you wouldn't be shocked to see make it to the postseason. This is a team that went 2-9 and nine last year when they played the opposing team's primary quarterback. When they played backups, when they played third stringers, they were 5-1. and one. Defense was good against both. I'm not saying defense is bad, but defense was the healthiest in football last season. And I think there is the, everything that went right for us last year is going to go right again this upcoming season. And the stuff that went wrong is going to get fixed because we added this player or that player. And when that happens red flag goes off in my head because I know I'm certainly wrong sometimes. Everyone's wrong sometimes. That is usually a sign that people are overconfident at the very least. Bill, my question for Bill would be, when you say four great teams in the division, explain to me why New England is great. Did New England not finish with a losing record last year? Hmm? Like, What was the big addition that the Patriots made this offseason? I mean, Bill probably has the Patriots offseason as, you know, top ten just because they're not the Jets. Like, why are we still looking at the Patriots as if Tom Brady is the quarterback and this is still the glory days and you got Gronk up there and Julian Edelman and Wes Welker and Randy? I mean, like, have we seen the Patriots? Patriots were gifted two games by the Jets last year because of shoddy quarterback play. So they went out and they fixed that position. They lost five games last year where they surrendered 20 points or less. Think about that. The NFL modern day, they lost five games because they couldn't score more than 20 points. Guess what they did? They went out and fixed it by bringing in a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm not saying the Jets are going to win a Super Bowl, but I will say this. The year before Tom Brady got to Tampa Bay, you know how many games the Buccaneers won? Come a little bit closer. Come a little bit closer. I won't bite. You know how many games they won? Seven. You know how many games the Jets won last year before they brought in their Hall of Fame quarterback? Come on, tell me. I know you know the answer. Seven. Damn, I was all excited for the upcoming season, but now because of Bill Barnwell, I got nothing to look forward to. They're going to finish in last. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. One more hour to play with. Still got a lot of good stuff in the hopper. Grass is show for you right here on 98.7 ESPN.